So many of us have been blessed with leadership positions throughout our lives, at home, in the workplace, and even here at church. We've had the opportunity to make an impact on the people around us. Leaders can give wisdom, insight, encouragement, and stability to our environments. The ironic part that I've come to discover is that leaders are remarkably proficient at making mistakes. <laughs> we like to think of a leader who's got it all together, all collected, and knows the course and goes the course. But I've come to realize that a, a good leader is someone who every now and then, after a series of mistakes, will get something right. Maybe two things <laughs> every now and then. Now, a great leader is someone who has learned the skill to transform their mistakes and bad circumstances into victories. Take Michael Jordan, for instance, one of the great players ever in, NBA, in the NBA, and he made this statement about his own career. He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. I know that when I think of Michael Jordan these days, I think of this great basketball player that never lost. But in, by his own words, that was not the reality. He lost a lot. He missed a lot. He failed a lot. Likewise, there are many great leaders in the Bible who did some really dumb things. Noah got drunk and humiliated himself in front of his children. Abraham lied about the identity of his wife and had a child with his maidservant. Moses sacrificed his entry into the promised land by lashing out in anger against a rock. <laughs> David had affairs, concubines, took pride in the strength of his kingdom, and even murdered a man. Peter denied Jesus. John demanded a seat next to Jesus' throne. Thomas doubted the Lord, and Paul killed Christians. Skeptics point to these flaws and consider them to be reasons to disbelieve the Bible. But what the Bible is showing through their imperfections is how the greatest among us fall short of God's perfection and of his perfect standard. But then, there's Jesus. You notice I said what a great leader is. Jesus was better than great. Jesus was worthy. He is worthy. 
As you read, as you heard read from Philippians chapter 2, and I'll read it again here, it gives us a glimpse at the greatness of Christ. Paul wrote, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, Palm Sunday is a very beautiful time because it points out the difference between Jesus, the kings, and all the great leaders of history. People gathered outside of Jerusalem, hearing about this man's greatness, hearing about this man who some said was a prophet, others said he was the coming king, and they exalted him and lifted up their voices in a triumphant battle cry. Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Nobody else was worthy of such an honor, and all the people at that moment acknowledged it. It reminds me of the book of Revelation, when they went to open up the scroll Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 say, then I, then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then in verse 9, they all rejoice. And they sang a new psalm, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. What then? How was it that Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday? He came in a spirit of humility. Zechariah, the prophet, in chapter 9 of his book, Zechariah 9.9, says, Your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus was humble. He fulfilled his father's plan to the slightest detail. He didn't have to make good out of bad situations. He had a plan, and he fulfilled it to a T. It says, John the Baptist said, Jesus is the one who the straps of whose sandals I am unworthy to even untie. That's Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Jesus didn't come to get recognition in a worldly sense. He came to be recognized by the true king who would tell him, Well done good and faithful servant. 
Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Now, most earthly kings sit on their throne while people serve them the most quality food and drink, wash their clothes and honor and praise their name. But Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. He fed 5,000 men and their families. He healed the sick. He walked with those who were considered unclean. He was a humble king. So, as we enter into Resurrection Sunday, let us remember that Jesus was the perfect example for us all. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your Son, Jesus Christ. As I just acknowledge myself, he is the perfect example for all of us, but for all of humanity as well. We thank you, Lord, for all that he did in his life here on earth. As Lord, he is more than just a great example. He was the perfect sacrifice. As sad and as, as tragic as what it was, you saw it fit to bring your wrath down upon him that the sins of the world might rest on his shoulders and we should have forgiveness. Praise your name, O oh God. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for our King, Lord Jesus. We praise you for your Son. In Jesus' name, amen.